This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Eric Branson. with me as always, my good friend and co-host, Joe Peterson. How's it going tonight, Joe? It's going pretty good. Good. Uh, what's uh, been up with you? Seen anything recently you want to tell us about? Or, uh, yeah. What have you guys I, been up to? <laughs> catching up on stuff. Um, been really enjoying the hell out of Peacemaker on HBO Max. Highly recommend yeah. that one. Um, I've heard good things. It's 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 funny and vulgar and all the things <laughs> that I like. Uh, also, recently, I've been. It was it was interesting because one I've been looking forward to seeing for the last couple of months is this uh, Guillermo del Toro produced horror film Antlers, and finally uh, yeah. saw it and really disappointed. Just not yeah. didn't live read... up to it. Not many good things about it, unfortunately. So, yeah, and it's, it's kind of like uh, I think Guillermo del Toro had his name on the movie. What was it called Mama? Maybe yeah, the ghost ghost movie years ago. And and from the trailers, it looked pretty interesting. And with his name on it, I I saw it, and it was super disappointing. I didn't like it at all. So, <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, of course, and as we were chatting about a little bit before we recorded earlier this evening. Um, you know, the Super Bowl, which yes, happened yeah. the other day, and I watched none of it, but later went on and watched that halftime show, which was yeah. pretty goddamn cool. Halftime show was great. Yeah. It was it was great. Yeah, there was, uh, it was a nice blend of old and, and some of the, the newer talent uh, yeah. in hip-hop right now. Eminem taking a knee at the end. Yeah. I, I I don't know I, if anyone really gave that like at the NFL really gave that much of a shit, but it's funny how like all these news stories are coming out like, did the NFL know he was gonna take a knee? I'm like, do they care at this point? Yeah. Well, supposedly they told him not to do it, which guarantees I mean, just if you know even the littlest bit about Eminem and, and you know, his his career, uh Telling him not to do something pretty much guarantees he's going to do it. So, did the NFL want him to do it? Maybe I don't know. But. Well, and then they, somebody <laughs> tried making a headline out of the fact that there's a, a photo of, of Snoop Dogg <laughs> yeah, smoking a joint before the show. Um, yeah, but there was another Snoop headline too that water's wet. So, yeah. air cares. made of oxygen and other chemicals. That's so. right. Like, um, yeah. I would have been more shocked if it was like, no, Snoop did that sober. Yeah. Like, like if, if had they found out that he, he went on without smoking anything ahead of time, that had been a headline. But otherwise, you know. And I would have been disappointed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, me too. Like, what, what have you, you become? <laughs> you know? No, it, um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, kind of a, I mean, as they always are, because it's a, you know, Super Bowl halftime show. It was kind of a greatest hits of, you know west coast hip-hop and they pulled it off fantastically i thought it was a lot of fun so oh mary j blige just yeah belting her heart out was awesome yeah i mean like and and 
and I don't want to say like she's like in obscurity necessarily or anything, mm-hmm. but kind kind of to your general um, music fan, I think kind of coming back out of out of nowhere and just totally still got got it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know what you mean. Like putting it this way, my twelve year old daughter knows who Snoop Dogg is. She knows who Eminem is. She knows the name Kendrick Lamar. 50 Cent, I don't know. But yeah. I know she did not know who Mary J. Blige was. Yeah. Which maybe that is a fault of our, of us. But Yeah, well, and know. and now she probably does. If you've shown and now she does. So. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. So, yeah, it was cool. It was fun. And, yeah. And that's yeah, probably I mean, the old, uh, most enjoyment I'm going to get out of the Super Bowl, not being a big football fan, but it's... Uh, it was cool. I mean, my my wife was very excited for it. Her her growing up, being a much bigger fan of hip hop than I was, it took me years to kind of get over my, I don't know, whatever punk rock like, <laughs> BS that I had to, you know, that I wasn't really a hip hop fan, and be like, hey, guess what? You can actually like different kinds of stuff. It's okay. So, uh, to to get the appreciation that all of these artists deserve, but. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely enjoyed this more at age 38 than I would have when it was contemporary. So, Well, and, and that, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of about that. I think everybody who grew up when hip-hop was rising, but you grew up in a small white town, yeah, farming yeah. town, you probably said the phrase, how is this music, or the equivalent at one point. Oh, God, yeah. And Embarrassingly enough, I'm, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did, too. But, no, it totally is. There's some absolutely incredible hip-hop out there. Um, yeah, I and, I, and I find anybody. myself being more into that stuff. It's probably because it's of my era or whatever, even yeah. if it's, you know, even if I wasn't into it at the time, that I find myself more drawn to that stuff than I am, you know, current stuff. Eh, that's not entirely true, but... Yeah, maybe more popular current stuff doesn't really do it for me, but <laughs> well, I, it's it is a memory or it is a realization of how old you know you get because I was taking my daughter to school the other day and she made some comment about you know at school they make us watch these old Disney movies from like the two thousands. <laughs> like Lilo and Stitch, that ancient movie. I was like, what the hell are you talking about old? Old is like Snow White. That's yeah. old. Cinderella's yeah. old. Sleeping Beauty's old. Song of the South is old and problematic. <laughs> <laughs> right. You'll never see it. Um, but yeah, the the and, and she was actually referring to like Disney shows like Hannah Montana, which I was like, that shit was out when I was in college or something. Yeah, if not after. <laughs> and don't... Well, there was a news story I read a couple years ago about some, like, a, a beach on the East Coast where, like, a piece of trash floated up on shore and it made news because it was something like a Coca-Cola can that was, like, the Olympics or something from, like, the 19... 19- 60s or something like that and I was just like big deal I used to find garbage from the 1960s all the time you yeah. know in the 80s <laughs> and that's kind of where I, I, I was I was reading this and I was actually telling somebody about it at the time I think it was like a student that happened to be in my office I was like can you believe this like why was this news I mean this would be the equivalent of me in the 80s finding something from the 60s oh shit we used to do that all the time. oh man yeah. you know I'm just kind of realizing 
the passing of time. And so these these halftime shows always or that always do that, but sometimes they a lot of times they do that. I should say, you know, they're bringing somebody out who's like legendary in music, mm. but that's legendary by by whose definition and whose yeah. scale, by who your majority audience is, and and I yeah. think they did a good job of that because that's that's who those people are, you know. Well, yeah. E- each mean, and every one of those people is a legend if, in their own right. So. If you're going to talk about American music in, from the last 30 years, you you would be not being honest about like the total influence of American music without bringing up Dr. Ray. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you just wouldn't I be agree. able to. You know, like you could bring up a bunch of country singers. That's cool. You could bring up some rock bands that are no longer around. That's fine. Well, just but, you- you Talk know. about figures in in the music business that have just been influential and affected so many things. You think yeah. of the family tree of of Dr. Dre's influence, right? And yeah. just phenomenal. Like yeah. it, it's all over the place. Whether whether <laughs> you like a genre of music or not, that has had an impact. He has had yeah. a tremendous impact. So it was really cool seeing that uh, happen at the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I I'm. I'm a bit disappointed that I didn't see it live on TV, but it's the digital age. Who cares? Um, yeah, <laughs> you know. know, I would have watched it a couple of times on repeat on YouTube anyway, so it's fine. But, yeah, it was uh, fun, and I've yeah. been uh, pumping the old school hip hop since ever since. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I I get weird looks weird looks from students when they walk past my office because I usually have like Wu Tang playing. <laughs> <laughs> or Jurassic Five, or Buster yeah. Rhymes, or something like that. And it, it it occurs to me every now and then, like, oh yeah, this is old, very old. <laughs> it's funny, uh, like from our generational standpoint, of thinking of that music as being old. But I mean, it, it's as old as like you know the Stones were when they did the Super Bowl, and exactly you know, and such. So. It, it really is. So you know, and and I've I've tried. I'm still trying to keep up with at least some things with modern music, but I don't find a lot that I'm mainstream that I'm interested in. Yeah. But that's okay. Um, I, I find some, but yeah, it's it's fun to revisit. I, 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 I don't think I would enjoy listening to like a top 40 station right now. Um, I don't really. And my yeah. kids, you know, my kids make sure that I listen to it quite a bit because they are definitely into like modern pop music. So, Though I will so. admit that Last year, just last fall, um, some students of mine were on a field trip and for a different class, and they decided to start looking up people that they know on Spotify to find what they listen to. And they <laughs> looked me up, and they said something to me in class. They were like, you got really good taste in music, Dr. P. And I was like, um, thanks? Yeah. Thinking, no, I don't. I have terrible taste in music. It's fucking eclectic, but not in like a cool hipster way. It's just bad. And they started naming all these artists, and I just had to hang my head. I was like, that's my daughter's playlist. <laughs> so my daughter was just, she was just, she thought that was the coolest thing ever. Like the college kids like, they approve of her music. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's bands like Mother Mother and stuff, which are, they're good, but she's, that's like who she's really into. And I'm, that's not what I listen to on Spotify. So yeah, I got I, I kind of got outed by is. my students. <laughs> well, speaking of things from 
way back when, well, or at least from the early 2000s. That's right. Uh, we are going to uh, totally uh, shift here and take a trip back to the land down under and continue our second part of our Ozploitation uh, two-part series. Uh, last week we talked about the Dennis Hopper film Mad Dog Morgan, and uh, this week we're going to talk about what I imagine is a little bit more obscure cult film from Australia, and that is uh, the 2003 uh, Spirig Brothers film Undead. No evidence of the alleged plague sweeping through the town has been reported. Have you ever seen anything like this before? How did they know where we were? They can smell us. They want to feed off us. Crazy's definitely come to this town for a visit. As I mentioned, directed by the Spirig Brothers and um, starring Felicity Mason, Mungo McKay, Rob Jenkins. Um, yeah, Undead. Uh, let me get you a quick synopsis from the back of the DVD box. I do own this one on DVD. Uh, five survivors take shelter in an isolated farmhouse to battle their way through a plague of walking dead. Soon they discover that there is more transpiring than just an infection. That's a pretty brief um, synopsis, but kind of does... A little bit of justice at least with the setup of this film so have you seen uh what is your memories or what was your uh, experience with I, Undead? have you seen this one before or? yeah actually i have this one on dvd um i first saw this right about the time it came out um it was one that i was i'd read about in fangoria um i think i was college i guess when this came out but i finally saw it when i started grad school i found a dvd copy of it um and then i'd seen some of the other stuff by the the uh spirit brothers too i, I remember going to see daybreakers their yeah. kind of weird vampire movie in theaters uh and i'm aware that they did the, the eighth saw movie jigsaw yeah right i was actually just looking through their filmography and uh they got some interesting stuff that i didn't realize was theirs um I'm not sure anything that I like as much as I like uh, Undead, but anyway. Mm -hmm. um, what was the other big movie they did? It's going to drive me crazy if I don't look it up. Predestination. Um, yeah, that's the one. Another Ethan Hawke. Yeah. yeah. I didn't Undead, see that. Undead, uh, Daybreakers, Predestination. Yeah. Oh, and Winchester as well, which was supposedly a stinker, but looked interesting from... Uh... Anyway. Hmm. Um yeah, so it's this is a uh, kind of quirky Australian zombie comedy 
kind of in the vein of something like Dead Alive, and I guess I only put that there because that's a New Zealand film and this is an Australian film, but I think it has some of the same vibes. Not quite as quite as over the top as uh, it, uh, Dead Alive or Brain Dead if you're not it, in the United States. But kind of feels um, in between Dead Alive and Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. As far yeah, as the, like graphic, goofy, gory, things like that. And the humor is a little more upfront. That I don't know. I guess Dead Alive certainly the humor is is upfront as well, but it's a little less of a this is a little less of a splatter stick movie, I guess, if to coin quite a phrase, but um, than something like Dead Alive. But this has yeah. its moments as well where it has that. Um, but yeah, um, this this the the humor in this one is definitely more like the Dead Alive style where it's. These gags are clearly gags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's there's a scene of a guy punching fish. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's gonna say there's there's not too many moments in this movie where you feel like you're supposed to be taking this movie seriously. Like no, from the get go, it's it's it sets itself up as a as a comedy horror film, and and it has some some graphic violence in it. Most of it used for comedic effect. Like when it gets very graphic, it's it's so I think that. It has a lot of similarities to like Peter Jackson's early movies, Bad Taste, Dead Alive, mm-hmm. um, in in that. And also, I mean, it comes from you know, Australia, and I suppose we're comparing it in that way as well. But um, so yeah, a zombie film. So it's got to have a an ensemble cast. We meet a bunch of characters, and uh, Felicity Mason stars as Renee, who is uh, a small town beauty queen. Um, who is kind of uh, the? She's our Barbara in this movie. Our way into like the survival scenario where mm-hmm. she uh, shacks up with uh, in a farmhouse with a survivalist kind of redneck. I don't know if you. I don't know if that's an appropriate term in Australia, but bushwhacker is that what they we're going with that? Sure, um, we can go with that. One. <laughs> I apologize and, uh, if we've offended any any Aussies who are listening. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is that an offensive term? I probably am. But, uh, yeah, and kind of a Night of the Living Dead type scenario, shacked up in a farmhouse at first, and they, he's got his kind of underground um, survivalist uh, thing. But also turns out that he's a uh, kind of master at, what would you call it, like gun fu kind of style <laughs> fighting of zombies. Yeah, uh, yeah. Marion played by Mungo mm-hmm. McKay. Um, it's the fact there's an actor in this movie whose name is literally Mungo is awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he... he um, this guy is like the stuff of legends. Yes. It's, it's great. He's this quiet... You know, he doesn't say much, and everything he says is real serious. Very <laughs> gruff and monotone. Like he's seen this shit before because he was you know, yeah. an alien abductee, and when he tells the story about being abducted, it's you know he's out fishing and the aliens <laughs> somehow affect the fish, and they start jumping out of the water, attacking him, and he has to like fight them off, oh, punching yeah. the Punch, fish one punching at a time. Fish. It's, there's also a very odd scene with Marion where he's not wearing any clothes. <laughs> but manages to pull two very large guns from somewhere. Yep. <laughs> it's, 
Yeah. Yeah, they, they all have to, like, kind of shed their clothes because, um, well, what happens in this movie, it starts off kind of as your your typical uh, zombie invasion, uh, zombie scenario, but we find out that it's actually, you know, th- through Marion and, and other um, others, we find out that it's actually it's some sort of an alien threat. Something is coming down from the sky that is causing the dead to reanimate and uh, will cut ca- and... Um, causing also causing this uh kind of acid rain that is falling and and so every time they get covered in rain they kind of have to pull their clothes off or dry themselves off or whatever and in that scene everyone has kind of pulled their clothes off but had kind of recollected themselves except for marion who just stays naked for an extremely long period of time yeah um yeah which is is quite funny it uh works pretty well i know there is a joe and i have a a mutual acquaintance who this character uh, reminded us of. I know when the first time we, yep, like back when we watched this. So, uh, and it's still to this day, like uh, I still kind of got that and, and had a chuckle about it. So, yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yeah, definitely. Personal um, connection there on on, on who this guy <laughs> reminds yeah. me of. Like in better days, I would not right. have been surprised to see them doing half of this stuff, um, but. Yeah, Marion's a badass. Um, he's got, is it how many? Is it a f- four barrel shotgun? Yep. That he's made, which is just awesome. Um, and then, yeah, during the, the whole kind of like stuck inside Night of the Living Dead kind of situation, you, you've got a couple other characters. You've got uh, Wayne, right. played by uh, Rob Jenkins. Uh, pretty much a bunch of the local cops. Yeah, the the cops are are pretty good in this as well. Yeah, they're 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 your tr- traditional like bumbling cops, um, you know, freaking out and and you know causing more problems in this case than they're helping. But uh, this one also then has like a weird twist to it, a couple of twists. Yeah, I think it keeps the twists coming actually quite quite a ways through it. Um, the first one being that it's you know. Not just zombies; it's an alien invasion and stuff that's going on. Um, with that, but yeah, it 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 keeps them coming. It it keeps you guessing, and it it does break out of that. Like I think for the first twenty minutes or so. Oh, I think it's got a lot of laughs, especially with with Marion's kind of over the top abilities to <laughs> fight off zombies, um, and just some of the other gags. The cops are are funny. Um, the Rob, Rob Jenkins is the cop. I don't know head commander or whatever you want to call him is uh just uh such an asshole <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but in a funny way he's he's uh he's almost kind of like australian uh lieutenant dangle there uh, yeah a couple ways but yeah uh, when when they first get well to marion's and he's like by the window looking out all these zombies and he's just like oh they're fucking coming from fucking nowhere they won't fucking stay down you fucking shoot it's just <laughs> just absolutely freak out hilarious <laughs> His dialogue um, is fantastic, yeah, and, and yeah. he's just like fucking everything, every fucking word, like, um, just totally freaking out. And yeah, and his his partner, lieutenant, whatever her her name is, is um, the uh, it's her first day on the job, and she's kind of warned in the first scene. You see him, a coworker, like yeah, it's like go watch out for him. He's a real asshole. <laughs> and yeah, it's a. It's funny. It, he, he's uh, the. It's great. Like Rob Jenkins is great. I don't know 
anything else. I don't know him for anything else, but he's fantastic in this. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think the the zombie stuff in this, like, you get the idea that it started from these asteroids that land in in the town that mm. crash into the town. And they cause people to reanimate. Then they bite, and you know the whole zombie spreads things. What's kind of a neat twist, though, that that you get is that yeah, it's there's also this big wall that's been put up around the town. <coughs> and yeah, kind of like an under the dome situation where this whole town has been walled in. Right. And that's where you start learning about that there's an extraterrestrial uh aspect to this as well, but it's not what you think it is. Which is kind of neat. Uh and, and also played up for some good laughs too. So yep. and the the aliens are there to help, not hurt. Yeah. They're actually trying the 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 zombie infection. Uh, they've come to it's something that kind of escaped. I don't know from their planet or whatever. It came down to meteors, or maybe they're cruising all over the universe or whatever. You know, curing people that get this disease. I don't know if they it ever implies they created it necessarily, but yeah, they they've come to cure people of the disease. Yeah, they they and the was how do you they pull everybody up into the sky, and the acid rain is supposed to clean things off it's like kind of strange how it all works but yeah it's just a nice little twist the first of a couple of twists that you get in this one yeah and it keeps you guessing and it's uh i don't know it's it's all pretty light in tone considering how like violent and zombie <laughs> like there's a bunch of you know violence and zombie stuff going on but it, I don't think it ever like feels heavy or uh, serious in any way. Like it's, it's pretty funny and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's almost got like, especially the stuff that Marion's doing has some some kind of martial arts film moments and, um, I don't know. A, a lot of uh, if you if you if you're into horror films, especially if you're into like zombie type movies, a lot of homage moments to stuff. There's some Romero homages. There's a extremely obvious, uh, join us, um, yeah. homage to evil dead two, essentially. Um, the, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I did want to ask, uh, one of the things I, I noticed right away being a 2003 low budget movie, what did you think of the special effects in this movie, and do you feel like they held up over time? Some did. Um, you know, it, the thing about zombie movies, they're always there's always ways you can do. You know, zombie movies pretty cheap. I think that's one of the reasons why this genre, subgenre of horror films, keeps popping up. Well, there's other reasons too, but zombie movies, all you need is a bunch of people and some face paint, and you got a bunch of zombies, right? Now, you can do it better, and, and this one does, you know, they got, like, the white eyes. They're kind of going more Evil Dead-style zombies in this one with the way they kind of move mm -hmm. and jerk around and stuff. Um, yeah, and the kind of makeup they do on them is just kind of pale face, dark eyes. Like. Yeah, yeah. They, they, it's pretty standard, but it works. Um, some of the CGI is definitely, you know, lower budget. But it, honestly, it doesn't. Considering how it was filmed as well, it doesn't. It didn't bother me that much, and I think it also being campy really helps. It's like yeah. you can get away with bad special effects if you're campy. I think back to movies, you know, that we've watched like 
you know, um, basket case, for example, where yeah, right. it's it's so over the top and corny, or Frankenhooker or something like that, where you can you can easily get through watching subpar special effects because they're they're clearly not being used to you know be that serious. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like some of the uh, CG effects in this movie are even less good than its contemporary uh, you know 2003 low budget I don't know they're, they're pretty awful like the CG in this movie is terrible mm-hmm. however I think with the tone of the film and the kind of the, the yeah like you said the, the, it's not the seriousness is not put on the, the special effects necessarily it's forgivable for the most part but yeah pretty much all the computer generated stuff in this is crap <laughs> it yeah. just does, does not work at all and even some of the makeup effects are a little weak at points. Um, like I said, like pretty much the zombie get-up in this is just a pale pale face, dark eyes. Um, but I think it actually works in later uh, when you find out what's really going on. Like, okay, well, these uh, people are being cured of this. Uh, oh, excuse me. And it's... Um, people are being cured of a disease like so it's something that actually like germ or something that gets into people and maybe they're just kind of you know sick and not necessarily uh dead (laughs) so um yeah because a lot of them come back and well no it starts all over again (laughs) yeah yeah well the thing that's interesting is we get towards the end of this film you realize that like um as people are infected with this, they're pulled up into the sky and, and cured by this, uh, you know, alien sh- ship or a group of ships or whatever that, that are there. And the people that are that are heroes or are, are protagonists in this film, the zombies they are killing are actually the only people dying of this. Uh, and they, they actually have to come to terms with this at one point towards the end of the film. They're like, oh, well, okay, we kill all those people. And, and Marion seems totally cool with it. But everybody else has a kind of a conundrum about, like, oh, well, uh, you know, all those people are actually dead when everybody else survived and is fine because they were cured. But, which is an, a, nice, a nice, like, third act twist they give us at the very end. Yeah, they they... And that's something that isn't brought up in you know horror movies a lot where you've got some kind of curse or virus that's transmitted you know like whether it's vampirism or werewolfism or whatever um you know those that doesn't get brought up that if there is some kind of a hierarchy where it can be cured it's like oh so it could be cured you've just been killing people left and right then you could have been curing them this whole time yeah you know it kind of adds a a little layer to that um I, I specifically remember this coming out um, shortly after. I was just gonna look up like Shaun of the Dead when that Shaun of the Dead came out. Actually, just a year before this in two thousand four, mm-hmm. so there was already a bit of a zombie resurgence going on around this time. Um, well, this was two thousand three, right? Yeah. So Shaun of the Dead yeah. came out right after. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're probably being made around similar times um, yeah and what year was the the dawn of the dead remake like that that was around this time and, and yeah 2004 mm-hmm. 
Um, and then I think Land of the Dead. I don't know. There's there's a whole bunch of major budget movies, zombie movies coming out. Um, 2005 was Land of the Dead, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so it was definitely having a resurgence. And then of course we we end up with you know the phenomenon that was the Walking Dead television show. Not too much long later. And that's still going on now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think The Walking Dead show started in 2010. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it certainly is later. But I feel like this is the start of the the craze that led to that being picked up, you know. So what do you think? Or maybe do you even think the comic the, series being created. Yeah. Why do you think that, that zombie movies are always... I mean, I, I mentioned that, you know, they're, well, they're easy to make in many cases. But why do you think this subgenre just has such longevity I don't know what it is but I think it's 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 flexibility of using kind of the mindless masses as a metaphor for things like it doesn't always have to be the same thing but um, yeah kind of the the all-consuming mindless masses um, I think that filmmakers who, who make zombie films have always used that kind of as their uh, springboard into to, to making some comments or social commentary. It's also because they are um, gross. They can, uh, you know, they could they can thrill and disgust you in in ways that um, you know zombies are are cannibalistic creatures that tear people to pieces, take bites out of people. There's a lot of use for you know shocking, gross special effects and. Uh, I think zombie movie fans, like I am myself, uh, that that's part of the appeal is kind of the, sh not really the shock value, but kind of the the special effects. Like how far can they, how far can they take the, the special effects in the movie? Um, yeah. yeah. But but certainly the uh, the the dead films, you know Romero's. Um, trilogy or you know if you want to consider the later films part of the same chronology but dead, his, his dead films are considered to be um, probably the pinnacle of the genre and mm -hmm. they they I think fall into that that first category that I, that I mentioned is that you know he he can use the use the springboard of, of zombies or of the you know, post post-apocalyptic um, cannibalistic masses of uh, mindless creatures to to kind of draw some parallels to you know his hit the contemporary times that they were living in and um, I think George Romero was a very smart filmmaker and I think that's uh, how he used that and I think uh, those films are popular and have become and remain the pinnacle because they do have a lot of thought and a lot of um, commentary on, on the world going into them the everything that kind of spawns off of those it, it is a mixed bag you know a lot of them are just imitations and they imitate different different aspects of the films most of them going for the intense uh gory special effects side of things so yeah yeah i think i would agree i think a majority of the zombie films that are saying something about you know, society um, are Romero, but there's a couple others. Um, 
there's a film and, and I hope if anybody's listening and wants to chime in uh, you know or, or let us know because I'm blanking on the name of it right now but there's one kind of a lower budget but interesting zombie film that came out where it's after a zombie epidemic or pandemic and people can take a medication if they've been bit that keeps the the effects at bay and it's about a guy who you know misses his meds um so you know there's there's social commentary in in this like you said but yeah majority of them don't go there um i think Shaun of the dead was one that was popular and this one too uh that did a good job of of making of just kind of using it more for a joke yeah. um you know i love Shaun of the dead but i wouldn't say it has a lot of like deep social commentary to it and that's great that's fine it doesn't need it i mean right I don't know. Well, Maybe. and it's it's a you know it's a big it's a comedy. It's also an homage to zombie cinema, you know, and it's it's a, a as much as I think this one is an homage to the cinema that came before it. And we mentioned at the top of the show, you know, Peter Jackson's early films, especially Dead Alive or Brain Dead. Um, I feel like this one definitely has some notes from there as well, and that's that. This one, I think, is more in that vein than it is in the, you know, Romero-esque zombie films, which which certainly were not without their sense of humor, but uh, had kind of a bigger, a bigger purpose or something to say. I'm not sure that this film, and I might be not being totally fair to it, but I'm not sure it has as much to say. It's more... Um, you know, it's it's there to be a comedy. The comedy is right on. It's 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 on the nose. Like everything's there uh, from the get go. It's uh, you know, it's a horror film, but it's also a comedy film. Uh, it gets it gets listed as a zombie science fiction comedy horror film. So well, yeah, I don't want to sound like a snob, but I think any zombie movie that also includes an alien that refuses to be you know judged for being a nudist, um, <laughs> it, right. it isn't taking itself too seriously. Yeah. Well, yeah, and yeah. there's never a moment of this on screen that that seems like it's being serious. Like it's just a, it's it's fun and it's uh, it's got its moments of being overly gory for fun. And it's got its moments for being, you know. But I don't know. It's just it's, it's all played played for laughs and. Do you, do you think this one really is? I mean, last week we talked about Mad Dog Morgan, which is a. a you know, the Ozploitation. It's an exploitation-type film. Um, mm -hmm. Does this have aspects of that? Um, I think in the context of 2003, it does, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. I think a characteristic of the early 2000s is that... Um, I mean, I think it they kind of persist to this day, but that genres are very kind of set in stone like a horror movie is supposed to be a certain thing and a comedy is a certain thing and uh when you cross over those those two things it's 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 risky in the marketplace especially in 2003 and yeah so i i, I think this has a certain cult aspect to it also being a low budget movie that kind of launched the career of the its filmmakers so those mm -hmm. uh, spirit brothers go on to you know do a bunch of major kind of hollywood movies with a-list actors and etc um they it's it's got kind of that 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 b-movie sensibility to it and it's kind of the, the springboard for their career as well um 
so so in hindsight, I think it's got a lot of kind of cult, um, you know, characteristics to it. And yeah, I mean, I think I think it fits. If anything does, I, I I don't know. I'd have to look at what other like Australian genre films were around around the, the same time this came out. But I think it fits the exploitation film genre, at least the the, the B movie genre, <laughs> very well. Uh, that being the number one thing I think people can't peg about a lot of like non A list cinema is that it doesn't adhere quite as strictly to those genre rules that we all understand. And this one is a prime example of that. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like a lot of, um, you know, once the Saw movies started coming out and we had, you know, what the so-called torture porn type horror films, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that that's the new age of exploitation films for horror. Yeah. Um, and, and part of that, you know, like you mentioned, like Peter Jackson and stuff, is how gory can you get? Um, which which is also sometimes seen in exploitation horror. So this one, it's a zombie movie, and I think again another reason why they're so popular is, how, like you said, how gory can you get? You know, all these unique mm-hmm. ways of killing someone, um, ridiculous ways of killing someone, uh, and and this does a fair amount of that. You know, people get killed with random objects, and you know, both yeah. humans and zombie alike, and you know, somebody gets, you know, they're torso cut in half and their legs are still walking around you know it's all all for like you said it's all for done for laughs but that still is kind of part of that dark humor exploitation um is it as much does it come to mind as uh, like an exploitation film as quickly as something like mad dog morgan yeah maybe not or i spit on your grave or something but it i could see the argument yeah i i could do yeah i i think it i think it fits yeah. And I think there's a difference between what's going on in contemporary horror cinema, like, you know, um, like you mentioned, the Saw films and, and things like Hostel or some of the con- things coming out just actually just post this movie. Those things will really take off. But um, is there's two different ways that people can use like violence and gore like that in movies. And this movie or in one, like the example you used of of Saw is using that kind of over-the-top violence to make people uncomfortable. Um, This one's totally the opposite, and I think follows that kind of Peter Jackson trend of using over-the-top violence to make people laugh, which is a really interesting thing if you think about it. (laughs) Like um, some things that some people, you know, totally don't get, and there's an audience, you know, uh, or a group of people in an audience that might not, ever really like latch onto that but there is certainly uh if you've enjoyed a film like like dead alive or like the like undead um the 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 over the top moments the extreme violence in these movies are all played to make you laugh which is a really interesting uh, in which i i think we've um you know i don't know when the when the term came about but started to be referred to as splatter stick movies so Mm -hmm. it's it's a form of like slapstick comedy uh you know that has to do with bodily dismemberment (laughs) well and i think evil dead 2 helped to usher that into a mainstream oh surely you know you know the first evil dead same vein a lot of people laughed at the first evil dead because it was just so you know low budget and and amateur type filmmaking uh but it was still it's still a classic but Mm. yeah there's some some corny parts to it that are unintentionally funny 
And so Sam Raimi, of course, being a big Three Stooges fan, did a sequel. And like, well, it's just up the Stooges. And yeah. it, it's <laughs> definitely one of the earlier splatter stick. Um, yeah, it still absolutely. makes me laugh. It's it might still be, an it might be the yeah, same here. That's one a favorite film of mine, and it, it may be like the prime example of like where this kind of offshoot of horror comedies come from, where you you do throw in that kind of slapstick Three Stooges type element to it. I think that survives well into like I mean they're still doing things like that today, but Undead is certainly a, a prime example of that style of humor. So I don't think this this movie shares a whole lot with like something like saw or hostile right which are which are you know certainly um graphically violent movies but the the graphic violence exists for entirely different purposes yes yeah yeah, yeah i would agree so well any uh was gonna say any, any other thoughts on undead um you know i don't have a lot it's not a, it's not a complicated movie in many ways it's um I don't know. It, it, it's it's pretty straightforward. A bit splatter stick. Well, okay. It's not totally straightforward because they do kind of like throw a lot of like interesting curveballs to at you. But um, once you kind of get the 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 humor of the movie, it kind of continues in that vein. And I think you kind of roll with the punches. It's it's got a lot of laughs if you're into what it's doing. Uh, whoever Mungo McKay is, he's hilarious in uh, in this movie. And I'm not sure if it's entirely his. Uh, performance or maybe it's even his lack thereof his ability to kind of uh just kind of be this kind of tough guy backwoods character and kind of not act his way through the whole role but uh it's it's really funny uh his relationship with felicity mason's character renee um as kind of um kind of antagonistic to one another they just kind of butt heads the whole the whole movie they do eventually you know garner respect for one another um and as at the end of the movie they throw the last curveball and that's that uh you know somebody survives it's the one guy who survives um and spreads spreads the zombie virus germ whatever it is post the aliens leaving and the whole thing kind of starts over again, and now uh, you know Renee and uh, has become the the new kind of I don't know uh, hero of the film. He, she becomes the new Marion after Marion is unfortunately dispatched at the end of the movie, but um, yeah, becomes a zombie himself. Yep, yep. So. Yeah, so she's got them all corralled off, and she's waiting for the aliens to come back and cure these people again. And, yeah, you know, could leave it open to a sequel, but it's one of those that probably best if it isn't. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it it works all on its own, and no, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a fun movie, and I think it's um, certainly worth viewing if you haven't ever heard of Undead. Because I feel like this one certainly was not unheard of. Like it showed up, but I think we, you know, in college rented it one time for a movie night. So it certainly was in video stores in the U.S. and Lionsgate distributed it. So. It, probably all over the place but i feel like it still kind of it, it flew under the radar and especially now you know in 2022 it's not one that i hear discussed real often in fact i kind of forgot about it myself yeah uh enjoyed it 
you know, never, never owned a copy of it until I came across it in a thrift store recently and was like, oh, I recognize this cover art. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is that movie. Um, and I remembered it like, you know, then it jogged my memory. I picked it up and, um, yeah, got it up pretty much shortly after that, got it out of the list for the show because I felt like this is one that we, uh, needed to revisit. But, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, got a grade for this thing? <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun movie. There, this is kind of around the time when there's, as we said, a whole bunch of these different zombie comedies coming out. And some were really, really good. Some were really lame. This one's on the, it's on the better end of the spectrum. I, I think if you're looking for a true, you know, zombie comedy, Shaun of the Dead probably is still a superior film uh, in terms of effects and, you know, writing and everything but this one definitely has some good laughs some good jump scares um it's just so damn weird at the end with (laughs) with the aliens that i I gotta give it points for that for originality Mm -hmm. um it's definitely a very original film um so i'm actually the performances are good like i said the effects are good the the music's low budget corny like Roger Corman style, uh, it feels intentional. Uh, so I'm actually going to go with like a, a B plus on this one. Hmm. It's it's fun. It's worth revisiting. Yeah, I I, I think it's definitely fun. Um, I had a lot of fun rewatching it, especially because I I felt like I was going to remember it really really well, and actually it was. I, not that I didn't remember it, but I found a lot of things kind of fresh, and I didn't remember exactly where it was going. So like the twists and turns kind of worked for me again. Um, you know, if, if you're recommending it to somebody, you know, young and, and just watching films right now, I, it hasn't aged particularly well. The effects are really, really poor at points. I should say the CG effects are poor at points. Um, there's some decent practical effects in the movie, uh, but nothing that kind of shines. So the effects, I think, are a weak point for this one. But I don't know. It's funny. It's still... Um, Still got a lot, yeah, like you said, the, the originality of the story. I don't think we see a whole lot of, like, zombie... Zombie films are kind of, like, set... Like I said, we, we have these, like, kind of stringent genre rules, and zombie has become its own um, genre in a lot of ways. And this one does not follow those rules, so we, we don't see a whole lot of zombie movies that are also alien movies that are also, you know, has a lot of these like, kind of extra things going on. So it's a, it's a cool take on the zombie movie. Yeah. Um that so that's good about it um the acting's not great uh but i don't know it's got a like low budget underdog energy that i love in movies so um is it an essential viewing for like you know anybody you gotta see this movie no not really but you could do a lot worse it's it's fine i think i'm gonna give this one <laughs> i guess i'm gonna end up in, i'm giving australia in general the same grade but i think i'm gonna give it a c plus um I do like it quite a bit, but it's got it's got its faults, especially going back, you know, from and watching it now. Uh, it certainly feels very 2003, and a lot of that is the uh, implementation of lots of bad CG effects. But um, but yeah, no, it's a fun movie. It's 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 one that um, I certainly wouldn't steer people away from. Awesome. Since we're talking about what we won't steer people away from, we would definitely like to hear what people who've seen Undead think. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Is this one you would steer other people to or away? Um, 
because it's uh, yeah, it, it, it's definitely a unique film, but I can I can see how you know some some valid criticisms there. But we'd love to hear any of your questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms at the Video Junk Air Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod or on the main Video Junk Air Podcast Facebook page or the Video Junk Air Podcast Facebook group. If you write it, we'll read it, and we'd be uh, happy to hear from you. And if you like what you heard, uh, head over to patreon.com slash podcast and consider giving a small donation to the uh, help us produce this show. Everything you donate uh, does go straight back into the show. And there's lots of uh, incredibly fun perks uh, to check out if uh, at each level of uh, donation. So uh, whether you uh, donate or not, we're happy that you chose to join us and hope you'll come back again next time. Uh, to check out some more uh, Video Junkyard podcast movies. Where Next week we're going to look at uh, Men in Black and Evolution in our movies that are kind of like Ghostbusters, but kind of not like Ghostbusters series. And um, then we're going to check out... We've gotten very creative with the themes this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, also, uh, coming up after that, we're going to check out another couple holiday-themed slashers, which uh, with My Bloody Valentine and April Fool's Day airing on uh, April 1st. So, um, yeah, hope you come back and join us for those things. Lots of other great stuff coming up after that as well. We want to thank you once again for listening to Video Junk, your podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please consider sharing it around. And uh, we hope you'll uh, join us next time. And until then, this is Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. Have, Have a good, good evening. evening. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard. 